morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here. February 6, 2023, 25 degrees out. I feel like a weatherman, newscaster. Tim, I'm giving out information. How was your weekend, Tim? You look fresh. How was your big binge Friday night? Have you just been cowering over the toilet all weekend? Your body rejected all that pizza and beer you consumed? You know what? Uh, here's some the big takeaways. I was a little underwhelmed. I had pizza on and beer on Friday night. I had beer and Thai food on Saturday. I had bagels both Saturday and Sunday morning. I really, I really went for. It. I gained five pounds over the weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I felt fine. I felt good. Yeah, like, and I'm, I'm kind of glad because it, it was a little underwhelming. But if it had been like, if I'd taken that first bite of pizza and it was like choir singing <laughs> and 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 lights everywhere in my head, that would have been more challenging because it would have meant that I would like lean into it more. But the fact that it was underwhelming it was like, okay, I can do with it. I can do without. So yeah, back to, back to some healthier eating now. It was, it was so, a little bit of a weekend binge. It was almost like your last meal where you, you hadn't had it in a month. Your one pizza. What does Tim Warsberger put on his first pizza in a month? That's what I want to know. There's this place down the street that does a barbecue chicken pizza. That's really, really good. The thing is, you still have to have the red sauce and then you drizzle the barbecue on top of it as opposed to some people do it where they just make the barbecue sauce is the pizza sauce and it's too much. It's too sweet. I don't like that. I agree. And what was the beer? Uh, like a big heavy IPA, of course. I don't even know what brand it was. Some local thing. Some craft beer. Interesting. It was good. I would yeah. I would have went with the Hawaiian Ham and pineapple with people do bacon bits, which I don't mind. And then just with the light beer. That's like what I like. Uh, like a light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our locals yeah. light, a shorts local light. That's what I like. Here. Good. Yeah. Last night I had a bunch of beers. We finally won a game in our men's league. Nice. One and nine now or what? There wasn't we're two and one in the last three games. We're, not, we're we're trending in the right direction. The only thing is I get home, my wife's like, How was the game? Like, we won, it was fantastic. The asterisk is the team we were playing was absolutely bombed. <laughs> so <laughs> they had, I guess, two birthday parties and one of their guys there had a baby or something. So they were just they weren't completely all there. But we took advantage and we won. It was it was a it was a good game altogether. I scored a couple assists. We had a guy join a team who doesn't play very often. He played great. So it was, it was a good it was a good weekend. I, I did um my kids school. They do a daddy daughter dance. So Friday night, I showed up and I, we homeschool two kids, three go to school and the two younger ones aren't old enough yet, but we emailed the school and we said, Hey, can, can John bring all the kids with them? Cause they're all girls. And they're like, yeah, sure. Fire it up. Let's go. This, this, this school goes to grade five and all my kids are grade five and underage. I think grade five is 12. So I brought six of the seven. And I walked in there just like, boom, chicka, boom. I won the, I won the contest of most dad. There was no contest, but if there was, I <laughs> most <won> daughters. <laughs> yeah. But what was funny, it was like a two hour dance. I left that dance just absolutely soaking wet with sweat because I couldn't leave the dance floor. I was just like a turnstile. My hands would go out and kids would just spin around me and they would just run around me. And it was, it was a lot of fun. 
it was it was a good weekend but that was definitely that was my twins's birthday so we had like uh we played hockey we went to the daddy daughter dance we did a breakfast we went up for breakfast at this great restaurant and see maple city called peg town tavern it's great but it's just a good so it was it was a good weekend so it's just you and six of the girls leaving danielle at home with the baby yeah last time that happened two weeks ago you got in trouble after danielle wasn't happy with with that what happened this time well because last time i went and played cards with my friends and played poker and watched football but apparently this time it was different and it was a completely different reaction so i don't (laughs) maybe it's just what i'm doing that warrants the reaction because i wasn't having fun so it's okay but if i'm having fun not okay man i don't know you you the listeners can take Take for what it's worth. Take that. And I'll just leave that there because I don't want to start anything at home because my wife doesn't listen to the show. But I do have friends. Their kids listen to the show. And word will get back to my wife. That I don't that she doesn't want me to have fun. So she wants me to have fun. I'm just leaving it there. But she was upset when I was having fun with the kids. And she was fine when I wasn't having fun. Even though you did have fun. It's so stressful being with anywhere with six kids because I I want them to be well behaved. They're climbing the bleachers. They're sprinting everywhere. I'm trying to put a force field around my two year old so she doesn't just get trampled like Lion King when Simba's in the valley and the wildebeest are running. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like just okay. So it it was a lot of fun for a little bit. There were time, and then at the end of the night, there's a whole wall full of balloons. And my girl's like, can we have a balloon? And I go over to the lady. I'm like, are we done with these balloons? They were using them as a backdrop for a picture. And she's like, yeah, but we can't give them out. I'm like, why? Why not? Oh, it would just get crazy if we gave out a balloon. Then everybody would want one. I'm like, well, just give them to everybody. What are you going to do with them? We're going <laughs> to take them in the back and throw them out. I'm like, why not just give them to the kids? I'm like, no, no, no. It'd be too much. Stuff like that. I just. Was she and old? Then- She's like my age, so I guess older, 40. Not old, yeah. And then some kids give me attitudes like, you can't have these balloons. And I'm like, snap back. I'm like, I'm going to go buy 100 balloons for my kids, just so you know. I can do it. I'm like lipping the seven-year-old girl who's giving me attitude, trying to like, because she was a lady's daughter. And she's like, you can't come in. The balloons are in here. No, I'm like, I'm going to go buy 100 balloons, chicky baby. Like, what do you want me? Like, come on. Come at me, bro. (laughs) It was just, and I'm like walking. I'm like, I'm arguing with a seven-year-old girl. Like, what are we doing with your life, John? But anyways, you had beers. I had balloons. It was a great weekend. My twins are seven. And the all-star game happened. What's funny is that that daddy-daughter dance coincided with the all-star game. So I left. I go fire up my ESPN. I figured it would be all all-star game. Right, Tim? Because ESPN owns the NHL. I'm like, great. I'm going to get a recap of everything. Well, not ESPN, Disney. ESPN. They're all one company. It was there, it was not even nowhere to be found. It was all Kyrie Irving demands a trade. Kyrie Irving wants to be traded. Page after page, article after article after article of just basketball nonsense. This guy wants to be traded. He's a baby. Where's he going to go? Blah, 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 blah. It took me a solid two or three page scrolls to get to the All-Star game. And what I found, Tim, not good. No bueno. <laughs> No bueno all-star game in Miami. wasn't even in Miami, first of all. It's in Sunshine, which is a half an hour from Miami. The NHL has a this thing of putting their teams adjacent to big cities. 
you know, there's Kanata in Ottawa, there's Glendale in Arizona, there's Sunshine in Florida. They're not in the big cities. They're adjacent to it, just far enough away where people don't want to make the drive. <laughs> it does, it's, it's cheaper. I get it. The taxes are cheaper. They probably get some subsidies or rebates to bu- come build a, a, an arena in our city. It'll be great. No one shows up. Nothing gets built around the arena. They sell it like, oh, we're going to put the arena and they're going to have restaurants and we're going to have nightlife. Then we're going to do apartment buildings and we're going to build it all around your arena. Never happens. Never happens. I've never seen it happen one time where they're able to build a city and a community around a rink. Anyways, Sunshine, Florida, all-star game. I'm reading the Twitter threads. Horrible, horrible, horrible reviews, Tim. Why did this happen? I caught a little bit of the all-star game. I caught a little bit of the skills competition. I couldn't keep it on. It was absolutely atrocious. What did you, what are you hearing, Tim? What was your take? Because you're more forgiving than I am. Well, yeah, Twitter was all over this. And I actually didn't really watch it either. I was watching a movie Friday night for the skills competition because it, actually, it was on ESPN Plus. I said I would watch it. If it was, I still didn't watch it. I had no interest. <laughs> I, uh, my buddy, my buddy texted me and he's, he's a diehard sports fan. He'll watch college baseball on, on a Friday night. Like he just loves it. He texted me and he goes, the skills night is embarrassing for hockey. I'm just going to read through his because he's reacting real time to watching it. He goes, it's so easy. Just do action stuff. Speed, breakaways, harder shot, skill thing. Boom. Instead, nothing is happening. The breakaway competition is judged by a score. Mitch Marner wore a suit, big intro and music, and he just skated up and flipped a soft wrister into his chest. That's all that's happened in the past 10 minutes. Pasta's about to go. Oh, wait a minute. There's a commercial. This is not should be this not should be this should not be happening. Even the intro. They went to the players' locker room. I'm like, okay, this is sick. Subban interviewed McDavid and McKinnon. All he did was give them absurd nicknames and say he was going to call them that the rest of the night. That was it. I'm so mad. Let them dangle, do two on O's target shooting. Okay, I'm done. Oh, wait, they switched events. The goalies are shooting. They have women on now that we haven't even seen the players yet. I'm having trouble breathing. Just like live reaction to stuff. It's it was embarrassing. And and it's you know it's well. I'll pause there. But what do you what do you think about? Well, and, and this is the NHL's problem is they it's almost like reinventing the wheel. You you have to look at your strengths and play to your strengths. You have world class talented players. What do the fans want to see? Do they want to see these guys trying to be funny and putting on sketch comedy routines? I don't care about I, it. your kid Ovechkin. I'm sorry. You I know don't. what I mean? Here's what and your friend. What was his name? Richie. Richie. Richie's on point. What I want to see is hardest shot. Do everybody or half the team does the hardest shot. You know, I want, I want to see these guys shoot fastest skater accuracy. I want to see these guys do skill events. I don't want to see them do these stupid sketch comedy routines where they're cutting to montages outside of the rink. I don't want to see David Posternock putting on this and that doing a happy Gilmore routine. It's just absolutely atrocious. If you get Roberto Luongo dressed up, make him be a goaltender. Do one-timers with them. That would be great. Do a one-timer event where you have Ovechkin on one side and you have a goaltender has to come across and make unbelievable glove saves or just have targets for Ovechkin for one-timers. Do stuff like that. You have absolutely incredible talent on the ice. Lean into their strengths. You know what I mean? I don't know why they don't do that. The hardest shot has become a joke now, I think. You, you you either do it the right way or don't do it at all because they're trying to grow the game 
This did nothing to grow the game. People were just complaining all the time. 40 minutes went by without one event. It's it's really bad. Think about the best, hardest shot competition in a, in a specific all-star game. Which one comes to mind? Weber Chara. Right? That's the it. The buildup was, was there. No gimmicks, no frilly anything. It's just two men shooting the puck as hard as they can. And like everyone's eyes were glued to the TV. That's all it took. And I get you don't really have those two big names in shot right now, but like it just goes to show just like let the best players do what they do best. And part of it, I think, is is on the players because I, as as ridiculous as some of these events and, and everything else were like the players aren't into it. And you can tell like they don't they don't meet the NHL halfway and try to make it more interesting or appealing. They're there for their kids. They're there for the other buddies across the league that they get to chat with. And and like maybe the young fans that they get to engage with, but they don't really care about making it interesting for people watching TV. They don't really care to try because there's nothing in it for them. And so it's just, there's a saying like, if you're not having fun doing it, we're not having fun watching you. And that's sort of what it was. Well, what players don't like is they don't like to be embarrassed. So you put their pride on the line and the players will compete. That's why you get rid of all the gimmicks. You just do strictly hockey events, fastest skater, do a best passer competition where you have targets throughout the rink and they kind of did that at one point but then it got away from them where they're passing from the concourse they're at the bellagio path don't do that just go on the ice and almost like you know the basketball skills competition where they do like you got to pass through hoop you got to do a free throw you got to do a three i like yeah i think that's interesting because it's like it you get to see their skill. Get Mitch Marner out there. Get John Gaudreau out there. Get these guys who are dishers and say, okay, you got to do a backhand pass over a target. It has to get in this five-foot range. Then you got to do a pass that ends in the this dot circle. Then you got to go, this guy's going to be on a route. You got to hit him on the tape. Stuff like that. The quarterback competition in the NFL, the old school one where they had the targets flying across the field. Love that stuff. I think it's so interesting. The NHL needs to just go back to the basics. I think a one-timer competition would be great. You have Ovechkin, best one-timer of all time. Get him, get Matthews, get some like a couple other guys who have bombs and let them just do one-timers. Set up targets in the net, top corner, bottom corner, this and that. See who's got the best one-timer in the game. Put put the gun behind it. See how fast you can get the one-timer. It's going to be a harder, harder shot than the actual hardest shot event because you get the momentum from the pass and you turn that into a one-timing shot. It's just... It's bad, Tim. And then you look in the crowd. No one's there. It was it was half empty. Reports are they had people come down from the upper bowl to fill on the lower bowl to make it better on TV. It was just and then PK Subban. I'm sorry. Like, I like him. How many times can we say bro, 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 this, bro, that it was. Everything. Everything f- was bad. The production was bad. The way it was seamless, it was not, it was, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this. Padre cheating in the accuracy competition. He's a full foot and a half in front of the other guy. No one says anything. Foot and a half of McDavid. Who would you rather have in the finals? Kadri or McDavid? Probably McDavid. But Kadri wins because he's in front of him. He gets the passes quicker. He gets them up quicker. He gets more shots. Get a, a I didn't even see that. Makar, you see, he wiped out on the fastest skating, and they didn't let him go again. That was it. That was so the rule. Dumb. 
you blew it. It's like he's potentially the best skater in, on the planet, and and you're not gonna like showcase him better than that because oh, the rules of a competition. Players don't give a crap. The fans don't give a crap. The watchers on TV don't give a crap. Like we want to see him do what he can see, what he can do, and and then we get to the game itself on Saturday night. You want to talk about that? Not really. I couldn't huh. tell which teams were which. The, that was like, hard to watch. Yeah, they're all white. One team had gray shoulder pads, and I was like, great, but it just. And I'm not, I don't like to talk about myself. The only three on three game that was watchable was mine because players tried. I feel like when in my 2016 All Star game appearance, it was the boys were trying. The final game was one nothing. The guys wanted to win. And I don't know if it was because me, they wanted to like make sure I won or lost, but it seemed like more effort was put in to that one game and it's just been slowly decreasing as the years progress. And I don't know, what did you think of the game Tim? Well, again, this is the case of the league not being able to get out of its own way. I forget who it was. Again, I didn't really watch it, but some players scored and they called it back under review and they had the full, as if it was like the playoffs or something, they had the full video review. There's nothing happening for like three or four minutes. People are just twiddling their thumbs, watching it go to commercial break while they review a goal at the all-star game, which ended up taking back (laughs) They ended up taking it away. It's just like, uh, it, it's so, it's it's so on brand for the league. It's not even funny. It's, it's painful. It's embarrassing. If they're looking for ratings, more people were probably turned off by this than turned on. Yeah, I, I agree. And I the, honestly, the best part of this, like the only people who were trying were the women in the skills competition. That was it. They looked good. They looked great. That, you know that I mean? Jokinen move that I forget who, who did it. Uh, yeah, same thing. <laughs> and by the way, Shesterkin didn't even try. I know. <laughs> Kick your leg out, man. It's an easy save. That stuff bothers me to no end. You that's a routine save for you, Igor Shesterkin. Don't pander to the women just because it's like, oh, I gotta let her score. No, you 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 stuff her. You rob her. It diminishes the male game when you don't try your best. It almost Both defeats games. The it diminishes purpose. their game too. Yes. It's like try, rob them. It's fine. They want to be here playing with the boys. You, you stuff them. I'm sure, like, I know female hockey players. Natalie Spooner and I are pretty good friends. She wouldn't want boys not trying the hardest just because she's out there. It's like, no, try your hardest. If they're there, try your hardest. Rob them. If if she scores, great. I mean, she scored the right way. So I, was, I saw, I watched it a few times. Like, he didn't even move his leg. No. <laughs> and he, she totally telegraphed the move. So anyways, the whole thing was, was a complete mess. I, I grade it like a D. You know, there was some neat things here and there, but as a whole, it was just atrocious, just absolutely atrocious. They need to revamp everything. I need to be in charge of everything. I'll say it right now. I'll throw it out there. Gary's never going to do it because he doesn't like me. I make this thing must watch hockey. That's what, that's what I think. Get your well, gloves. The AHL uh, had its all-star thing, and apparently that went great. I was watching some of that. There's mm-hmm. like... There was one thing where they have two players taking one, not one timers, but like they're both at the top of the circle on either side, just ripping shots in the goalie and, and rapid succession. He's trying to save them like things like that. At one point, I think it might've been the skills, but they removed the, the, the glass above the board. So the fans could like lean over, interact with players and guys are like communicating, interacting with the fans directly throughout the, the warmups and stuff like Little things like that. They kept it simple. They didn't have the budget to do all the like the crazy light shows and all that stuff. And they didn't need it. It didn't add anything. 
Um, and everyone, everything I saw about the AHL thing was positive reviews, you know, the, in the simplicity. It's not hard. That's all fans want to want to see. They want to see the players who are the best do hockey things. It seems like Disney, the writers who write all these terrible movies that they've been putting out left and right, they got a hold of this and they said, look, let's make it really this and that. We got to really jazz it up. It, it was a complete stink fest, much like everything Disney's doing nowadays. It just sucks. So it, I don't know what they can do. It, there's nowhere to go but down or for up from here because you can't get any worse. Can can you? It was It was bad. There's a there's like a little mantra in the marketing world, and you could apply it for really anything. But say it's a, a podcast episode or a blog post that you write or an all-star skills competition that you put on. Every time someone watches it or reads it or listens, they're either more likely or less likely to do it again. Every single interaction, every blog post needs to be good. Every episode, we try to make it as good as possible because they're either going to listen again or like maybe they don't listen to the next one. Maybe I listen to two out of three or whatever. How do you think that went for the All-Star game? Are people more likely or less likely to watch it next year? Yeah, less. Less likely. Yeah. It's not yeah. great. It's just indicative of the NHL as a whole. They they need to revamp their whole market. And I know we've spent a lot of time the last two podcasts talking about it, but it, it's a big deal. If If you want the salary cap to increase, if you want to have a better product on the ice, if you want owners to spend more money on players, it starts with marketing. It starts with getting more viewership. It starts with getting that ad dollars injected into the game nobody's going to want to give advertisements for a game that just does that it was awful it was absolutely awful no one wants to have their company tied to that whatever that was it was chunky it was just a, it was it was cringy it was really really bad but anyways Bo Horvat had a good weekend huh, yep got to play a little tic-tac-toe with Elias Pettersson they had a nice moment like one more time did you see that before the before the start of the game, that was cute. Vancouver Canucks fans almost threw up and died, knowing that they're not going to have Bo Horvat playing for them anymore. Had the New York Islanders cap, little patch on his shoulder, looked good. Goes out, scores a goal, then inks a big contract. Him eight years, eight point five million dollars. Somewhat surprising. I thought he was going to wait until free agency, test it out because guys don't hit free agency very often, and he's in his prime. He's a big body. He could get a ton of money wherever he wanted to go, but he must have liked what Lou Lamorello was selling. He signs a big, big, big deal. What's your thoughts? This is, a, this is a big move for the New York Islanders, Tim. It's a big move. I like the player. Um, I don't I have a hard time. <laughs> Here's my thing with, with the Islanders. Short term, this makes them obviously a better team. Short term and long term. They're more likely to make the playoffs this year. They're on the outside looking in, but... They're, they have a solid chance of making the playoffs. I think they probably will edge out Buffalo when it comes down to what the Penguins do, who have been playing really poorly. So I, I think they have a shot of making the playoffs. And long-term, it makes them a better team. But who's the guy on this team? Like, who's the guy at the end of the game, put the puck on his stick? Is it Barzal? Is it Horvat? To me, they're both like, they're not elite players necessarily. Maybe they're elite players, but they're not superstars. And so... They're both better served as like the 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 wingman to the guy. But you've got two wingmen on this team, even though I know they're centers, but like you don't have a piece that's gonna I don't know. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like you got a couple Robins, no Batman. You got yes. no Batman. Exactly. I, I agree. When when you look at what these guys have done in their careers, they aren't the centerpiece for your team. 
they're good wingers. They're good second line guys. But when it comes down to crunch time, are you going to put all your eggs in Matthew Barzell's basket? Are you going to say, you know what? Go and take us there, kid. Go. Is he your Nathan McKinnon? Is he your Stamkos, your Kucherov, your Headman? Is that the guy you're going to bet your whole franchise on? And then you got Bull Horvat riding shotgun with him? I don't know. I don't know. But this is the Islanders have their team. They got Barzal. They got Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Bull Horvat, Ryan Pollock, Adam Pellich, Noah Dobson, Alexander Romanoff. That's your team. Those are your horses. I don't think it's a Stanley Cup winner. Mix in there, Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Kyle Palmieri. They make a lot of money. Five schmill each. This is your team. A team that hasn't made the playoffs in, was it two years now? A team that's getting older. Average age up front is 30. Not getting any younger. Uh, they're a good team. They're a very good team. Bo Horvat makes them a better team. This doesn't put them at the top of the list for the Eastern Conference. Any stretch of the word. They'll, they'll win around in the playoffs if they get in. That's it. When you look at the Eastern Conference, it goes through Boston. It goes through Carolina. Those are the two teams that I'm looking at right now. And then Toronto was just a hair below those two. But to say by adding Bo Horvat, the New York Islanders are just vaulted into that conversation with those three teams. No, I don't think so. I think they settle in in the third tier with the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, the Washington Capitals. Oh, I forgot to put Tampa in the top. Tampa is an interesting team right now to me I, where the, you can't sleep on it because of what they've done. They need to make a move at the deadline, in my opinion, to kind of be vaulted into the Boston, Carolina, Toronto range. But that's just me. That's my opinion. Most people think Tampa, it's it's their conference. It has to go through them. But to get the idea that Bo Horvat, makes the Islanders a Stanley Cup contender right now. I, I just don't see it. I like their defense. In fact, I love their defense. I think they have one of the strongest starting six in the entire NHL. I like their goaltenders. I really do. I think Sorokin and Varlamov are probably the top pairing in the NHL. Maybe the Bruins, Swayman, Omar can kind of give them a run for their money. I like their forwards. Horvat, Nelson, Pajot, Sezikis, as good as four centermen as you'll find in the entire NHL. But Tim, you nailed it when you said, where's the guy? Who's the guy when there's two minutes left and you need, and you need a goal. Who is it? Are you really going to entrust your entire franchise to the the Horvat Barzal? I, I, I can't trust him. If it's the last minute of the game, I'd much rather have a Bergeron Marchand Pasternak. I'd I'd much rather have a, a Kucherov Stamkos Point, I'd much rather have those guys any day of the week. Even the Matthews, Marner, Neeland, Tavares, every other team that is better than them in the Eastern Conference has those guys. Well, even I would even like take an unproven group of Hughes and Brat and Palat over over this over this crew that's also unproven. I even Barzal, he's never scored more than twenty two goals. He's been he's not I mean he's twenty five. I know he came in really young, but he's not like a kid anymore. He is this player. And maybe he can surprise us and he reaches twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, he takes some major leaps forward. It happens, you know, fairly frequently and I like him as a player. He's probably a first line. He's like Dylan Larkin. I to me the, those three guys are all in the same category. It's like they're Robin. They're Robin. It's a, it's. Yeah. I like I like that analogy. Um, Did you see what uh, Wayne Gretzky said about Jack Hughes? Yeah. Oh, 
How happy were you? Love that. (laughs) Can you tell everybody what he said? He said, he uh, paraphrasing, the only one capable of catching Connor McDavid um, in the league, which is, it wasn't McKinnon. I don't know if I believe that. It wasn't Matthews. But when the the big Wayne Gretzky says something, you got to listen up. But really, Jack Hughes? He's got 104 points in his last 82 games. And of all the players in the league, the guy's not even the first-line center on his own team. Nico Hirschheyer is the first-line center. Did you see what Lamorello said about this Horvat deal, by the way? Why would he say that? <laughs> he was asked about it, and he and he, this is like the immediate press conference right after the signing. And he didn't. He's like, I'm not going to disclose the terms of the deal. I feel like he, he he's so old. He doesn't know that like t- ten guys have already tweeted it out the second it yeah. happens. Um, but he goes, it's too long and for too much money. Um, You're the GM, Lou. Yeah, <laughs> you signed. You just signed him to this deal. Why? And why? I think I think the point was like the only way the only way to get any players is to give give him too much money for too much term. I mean, that's he's not wrong about that, but not not a great statement to make. Like, what do you, <laughs> what's Horvat thinking when he sees that? Like an hour after he signs the deal, the GM's already <laughs> complaining about it. Well, you, you make a case for Matthew Barzal not putting up points when you look at a Bo Horvat, and I know he has more, you know, in his in his bag of tricks. He's physical. He has intangibles. His highest point total in a year is 61, Tim. And that was five years ago. This guy's not exactly a, a point-producing juggernaut type of player. Yes, he does everything the right way. He's a good, solid moose of a forward who can, you know, produce. He's only six foot. I thought he was a lot bigger than that. He plays bigger. <laughs> he doesn't mix his words. That's what you got to like about this guy. He's like, it was too much. We had to do it. We just traded a first rounder, a high prospect for him. We 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 have to sign this guy. So it's too long and it's too much. He's right. And then you know what's funny? This is the type of contract that will cost Lou Lamorello his job. So he pretty much just signed his death warrant. But it, that's the game. You got to sign these guys. That's the going value for a Bo Horvat, even though salary cap's not going to rise. Even though they're going to be up against the cap this year, when you look at how their team is just constructed next year, Tim, they are paying $52 million to their forwards. It's crazy the amount of money that they've invested in their forwards. Their defense is getting $20 million. They got to re-sign Savigny. They're not going to re-sign Varlamov. They're going to be in so much cap trouble next year. They're going to have to do some serious juggling to get everybody under the cap. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to make some trades. They're going to have to get, put some guys and buy them out or send them down. Or I don't know what Lou's going to have to do because this team is going to be in cap hell. When you look at their contracts, they got nine, seven, six, five, 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 eight and a half, two and a half, one and a half, one. That's a lot of money. Well, they, so they didn't make the playoffs last year. Oh, man. And Sorokin's contract expires next year. He's making $4 million. He's going to make at least twice that. At least. He's a 27-year-old stud goaltender who you're going to want to keep. He's top five in the league right now, if not higher. Like, he's going to want Vasilevsky money. (sighs) The New York It's the price you pay. They're in a very good division. There's just pressure to win in Long Island. They want to see a winner. They've had success in the last five years. They haven't been able to get over the hump because of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe this is it. Only time will tell. I don't think it is. I I still think they're, they're lacking that prime star caliber player that you need 
to produce when it comes down to like brass tax time. The Braden Point, the Kale McCarr, the Nathan McKinnon, the Miko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog. I would take any one of those guys over everybody the Islanders have. Speaking of star caliber players, Tim, have the Carolina Hurricanes taken a stranglehold on this this season? They they have just been lights out. The last two months, how have they played, Tim? And you're a Bruins fan, so this must sting a little bit. Yeah, this snuck under the radar for me because I've been just drinking the Kool Aid juice for the in Boston, and and I didn't realize Kool Aid juice. Who's who calls it Kool Aid juice? (laughs) (laughs) I don't call it that. I just that just came out. Um, (laughs) Since December first, twenty eight games, the Carolina Hurricanes are twenty two three and three. That's better than Boston during that stretch. They're the hottest team in hockey. And they're just so good that the defense, the forwards, you know, we spent a lot of time in the last month talking about how the, their roster makeup, even with Patch already out and coming back and then being right back out, they're so good. And so you look at like how much time we spent talking about the teams that aren't able to make a trade, aren't able to add without some fancy calculus with the LTIR and, and all the stuff they got to do. Carolina Hurricanes with Patch already on, on the LTIR now, they have $10 million in cap space. This is without Pacioretty. This and so they all. What if you add a Kane to this team, uh, Tarasenko, or Ryan O'Reilly, or multiple pieces? Because you can eat, get them to eat some of that cap, and then all of a sudden Kane is is worth five, not ten. And then you go and add uh, Chitrin. They could add Kane and Chitrin. Like uh, this, this is going to be a problem. And I and I hate to say it, the Eastern Conference still goes through Raleigh. I don't care if you're Boston, Tampa, Toronto. This is the team to beat in the East in the playoffs. It's it's a tri- tricky game the Hurricanes are going to have to play because obviously Pacioretty's done for the season. He's not coming back. That gives you the luxury of that money. What do you need? Do you add pieces and risk upsetting this continuity, this jive that you have going right now? Because they're playing so incredibly good. The last game before the All-Star break, it, it's a throwaway game. Players are already you know checked out. They're already going to – I've been texting with players. They're all in Jamaica, the Bahamas, they're Mexico. It's hard to settle in for that last game. They're down 4-1 to in the third period. They come back and beat the LA Kings 5-4. to they're, they're, they're so good when they want to be, and they want to be good. They are very, as Tim likes to say, they're hungry. They've been slighted the last few seasons. So I don't think you add anybody. If you're the Carolina Hurricanes, maybe if I'm going to add one piece – it's a depth defenseman. You go out and you try to get someone who is a, a decent puck moving defenseman. I don't think you touch that forward core. I think you get you have a good group, even on the back of fourth line. You got Paul Stasny, Derek Stepan, and Stefan Nosen. I, I, I like all of their lines. Or do you, I don't know, Tim. It, it's such a tricky thing. Do you think they go out and swing for the fences and, and dip their toe in the cane water and the chitron water? It, it, you don't want to ruin that kind of group that they have already because they're they're so tight when we had Seth Jarvis on the show he's already talking about taking a hometown discount and he's got two more years left on his ELC well this year next year and he's already talking about taking a, a hometown discount to stay in Carolina that's the kind of culture they have Brad Marchand touched on it where the guys want to be on a good team and so they're taking discounts to make boston better and he took a jab at toronto because that's not the case in toronto guys just go there they get as much as they can and they ship out to somewhere else so i know what would you do would you would you risk upsetting the continuity of this team to bring in someone who's got a high-end talent 
Well, if there's one criticism for this roster, it's the goal scoring in the playoffs. The the forwards have gone relatively quiet. I know the yeah. team's had a little bit of success, but Svechnikov is probably their their frontline goal scorer. He had four goals in 14 playoff games last year. Aho, four goals in 14 playoff games. Jarvis, three goals. Jordan Stahl, four goals. And so uh, this is still going to be a good team, but I think you 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 do consider adding a, a sniper, a finisher who can be a reliable presence on that top six, maybe that first power play unit who is going to bury in the in the big moments because they've, they've missed that. And I think that, that's the reason that they haven't been advanced as far as they would like to is having those big moment goal scorers. Now, Svechnikov and Ajo and all these kids, they're still young. They could they could become those players. I don't think, you know, they play 14 good in the playoffs this year. They're probably looking at seven, eight goals, I would think. But I don't know if you want to take that risk, especially when you have the cap room to add a piece. And I don't think, I think this is probably a strong enough locker room where I don't think it really messes with too much. And they also have a lot of guys in their lineup. They could play, like, Jordan Martin could be a fourth-line player. He could be a second-line player. He can be a third-line player. Taravainen, Kakanemi, Nachos, like, these are all guys that could be way up and down the lineup. Similar to Boston, where you don't, you're not super top-heavy, and so adding a player doesn't, uh, changed too much. Tara Vine and our Nachos had zero goals in the playoffs last year, as good as he's been this year. So that's a, that's a fall. I think that's when something you think about adding. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They'll add somebody. They have the luxury to add somebody. You have $10 million in the bank. You're going to make a move. You'd be silly not to because you lose out and you go, what if? Why didn't, why didn't we make that extra push? So they will add somebody. I think this is going to be a coming out party for Sebastian Ajo. I think he is going to hit the playoffs and he will be your consummate winner. This guy's going to lead this team if they win the Stanley cup, but he he's a point per game guy in the playoffs. Everybody thinks he doesn't score. He doesn't produce. He's played 48 games. He's got 46 points. It's not bad. Like he, he does do work in the playoffs. They just haven't had that timely goal when they need it. So I, I, I don't know. I guess Kane, would be a good addition. You you put them alongside Aho and Teravine and move Seth Jarvis down. You got Svechnikov, Kaki, and Emmy and Jarvis. That's a pretty good top two lines. But we'll see what happens. The Carolina Hurricanes are the team to beat. The Boston Bruins are right behind them. But just as a whole team game, it seems to me Rod Brindamore has the Hurricanes playing just at the next level. Every single night they play playoff caliber hockey. For for what it's worth, the Bruins are right there. They're a very good team, but gosh, these these two teams, if they meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, it'll be just a terrific seven-game series. They are so incredibly good. I don't get excited for playoff matchups very much. When I look in the West, there's really not a matchup that I just get really goosebumpy about. I'm like, oh, yeah, ooh, Winnipeg's going to play L.A. That's super exciting. Eh, no. I don't feel the warm and fuzzies like I do in the Eastern Conference when I look at the matchups. Like, okay, first round, Boston, Tampa Bay. It's going to be incredible. Toronto, Tampa Bay. It's going to be epic. Eastern Conference Finals, Carolina Hurricanes, Boston Bruins. Yeah, I can get behind that. You got Brad Marchand. You got Brent Burns. You got the sexy goaltender matchup. You got all of this fantastic stuff going on. And the Western Conference is just like, okay, just put Colorado in the finals and we'll see you there. But it's... It's going to be a trip, and we still have, what, two months before we get there? It's going to be – just fast forward. Get through all the next – I guess the trade deadline's coming up. But, yes, Carolina Hurricanes, Boston Bruins, very, very exciting. Let's do some quick hits. Timmy Boy, and get out of here. 
Yeah, we saw the next trade piece uh, fall over the weekend. Jacob Megna was traded from San Jose to Seattle, and the profile on him is a defensive defenseman. He's actually been playing most of the season with Eric Carlson, so you know that he can log the heavy minutes and he can be responsible enough to let Carlson do what he does. And so this is Seattle adding a piece there. Are they going to be buyers of a deadline? Probably not big, big names, but they're going to see what this group can do in the playoffs, and they want to be a little bit better. So I think they know that they're not going to go on a run. They're not going to make a huge splash. And they probably won't, they don't want to give up too much to, for that reason. But I'm glad that they're thinking about adding a piece, and he's a pretty solid. That's like the the little move that can make you a better team in the playoffs. San Jose always see they had last year. Jacob Middleton was a yep. sought after piece and very similar, a tougher. But yeah, Seattle's not going anywhere. It, it's <clears throat> let's be honest, they're not going anywhere. But yes, good trade. What did they get a fourth rounder for him? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Does yeah. that as a prelude to Eric Carlson getting dealt? Hmm, the so. defense. They're so now they're losing Magna. They're going to be just a, a bad defense. All right. What else, Tim? <laughs> Colorado getting some guys um, back. Yeah. Bowen Byram and Chuskin both returned to the Avs lineup this week. Byram hasn't played, I don't think, since like October. I don't even know if he played at all this year. Uh, similar to Nichuskin. So those guys are finally coming back and the Avs will get some wins. And then Landeskog is not skating yet, but he's going to skate and the return sometime in March is still likely. Yeah, Byron plays, he played 10 games this year, then he got hurt. So he is much, much needed. Good for them. All right, Jacob Chitron. Rumors are starting to swirl. As the world turns, Jacob Chitron, he followed some players on social media, Tim. <gasps> that means he's going to get traded or wants to get traded. Who did he follow? Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Michael Bunting. Oh, boy. He removed the Coyotes logo from his Instagram or Twitter feed. Is this the new thing that kids do to, like, kind of press the needle or to put pressure on the team? Just remove someone, like, wash all existence from their social media of the Arizona Coyotes? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if this is a if this is an indicator, Jacob Chitron is going to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tim. That's it, because he followed Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. What do you think? It's very very NBA. Going back to that Kyrie thing you mentioned, how is it that a guy, I mean, the players run that league. He requests a trade and he's dealt within 24 hours. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that ever happening in the National Hockey League? Now I could. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I really, it wouldn't be 24 hours. That's what makes the NBA so exciting. Stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah. It is not abnormal to see that. The owner of the Nets said he would trade him to anyone but L.A. because that, he knew that's where Kyrie wanted to go. So just like, I'm not sending you there because I know that's what you want. So send him to Dallas instead. That's I awesome. love that. Isn't yeah. the owner some guy over in Russia or Ukraine or something, some oligarchy guy? Or do they have to make him sell? Oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. But I love that. Uh, I, LeBron. I hate Kyrie. A, both. Why do you hate Kyrie? Because of Boston, the way the way that he left. And it's just... Uh, I could I could go on about it, but yeah, he he came in all these high hopes and he didn't really perform that well. He, okay, individually, and then he said all these things about Boston while he was there. Then he made a promise to being committed to there, and then he requested a trade like within a month after that. And he legit grabbed the mic at center court one and like made this grandstanding speech about wanting to build in Boston. And then he requested a trade, and then he comes back and like complains about the crowd every time he plays. And then just last week he lost; he got blown out in Boston. And he said, I, I'm not going to – I want to stay here until I can figure out how to beat this team. Legit, something along those lines. And then he requested a trade the next morning. He's just hmm. – he's a coward. It drives me nuts. Interesting. 
I'm, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't care. Kyrie can go kick rocks, but it's, it's interesting. Kevin Durant's going to be out the door too. Now they're going to be both gone. LeBron's going to ask to be traded. It's just that, that it's, it will happen in the NHL if it hasn't happened already. So, all right. One more thing. Interesting little tidbit from the all-star game that came out. Sidney Crosby was giving an interview. Someone asked him about the playoff format. And Crosby said he'd like to go back to the 1-8 format. And he said it rewards teams for the regular season. I like that. And this is a big deal. Sidney Crosby doesn't comment much on how the leagues ran, on big ticket things like this. He mostly keeps it PG, keeps it vanilla. He's always a, a proponent, a supporter of the NHL. He doesn't you know, cause controversy. This might not get much, get much ink. This is a big deal. This is the face of the league. Sidney Crosby has been for a decade now. Gary Bettman, right away, his press conference right after this. He does a State of the, State of the Union at the NHL All-Star Game. Pressed on this issue. Reporters ask him, what did you think of Sidney Crosby's comments? He goes, yeah, this is, this is my league. There's, there's too much logistics that go into this to make this a thing. It, it would be a nightmare scheduling-wise. I don't like it. We're going to stick with the same way. It's just another instance of Batman just being a stubborn mule. He instituted this new playoff format, I believe, in 2012-2013. Thought it would revolutionize the playoff format. It would increase rivalries. It would just get more interest around the game. What it has done, it eliminates one of the best teams from the playoff format every single season in the first round. We've seen it every single year. Early on, it was the Western Conference. The last few years, it's been the Eastern Conference. You lose to Toronto every single year. They are your cash cow. How is it going, Gary, when you lose the Maple Leafs in the first round every single year? Yes, I know some of this is to blame on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've lost to some pretty darn good teams every year, Tim. The Bruins and the Lightning. How good would it have been if you can match the Leafs up against a lesser opponent like the New York Islanders? or uh, Florida Panthers, or a, a team like that. Because they're the third seed if they're ranking them one to three, one to eight, excuse me. But they don't get that luxury. They always, the second seed in their conference or division, and they get to play the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins. It's just, Batman will never listen to the players. He will never get it. He's a stubborn mule. He instituted this, and he's going to drive it through until it's dead and he's dead and we can bury him and we can go back to good hockey one through eight reward teams for the regular season and not have to just pretend that this is a good idea because it's so incredibly stupid oh we want to make sure they're fresh we don't want them to travel we want to get rivalries if you want rivalries don't have every team play every team in the nhl all the time when you only play guys in your division and conference three four times stick to your own division stick to your own conference that's how you get rivalries get guys to hate each other I could go on and on. I don't think anybody wants to hear me rant about this, but he's so incredibly short-sighted and he's such a stubborn mule. Drives me nuts, Tim. Drives me nuts. Anything else? Uh, No. No, we covered it. We covered it. Hockey starts back up tonight with a couple of games and the schedule will be full swing uh, tomorrow. Pirate walks into a bar. He's got a old school ship steering wheel tucked into his pants. Bartender goes, what is that for? He goes, arr, it drives me nuts. Huh. Uh, okay. Nice. nice. Get that what's out of your system. What's a pirate's favorite letter? R. It's not R. It's the C. 
nice. I'm just going to leave you with that. You're welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. I hope you have a good week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 